0: Greetings to the best listeners. Uh, Joe here for another episode of your favorite woo topics with a never too serious
1: style. And this is Vira Elise. Welcome back to the Esoterics podcast. Today, we're going to talk about tobacco and rapé as an entheogen. Oh, good topic. Good topic. All right. Let's catch up first. Yeah. Um, So how, how have you been?
0: What's new with you? This has been a magical week. I can talk now, tell the story that I'm expanding my readings to other metaphysical shops in the Pacific Northwest in the PDX. And I'm excited about it. um, And I appreciate the opportunity that I've been given at um, Psychic Sister. um, But I'm ready to reach more people. So I started reaching out to local metaphysical shops, and I've got invited to read at one Uh and, um, and then I got invited to read at another. So awesome. uh, That's really exciting.
1: Yeah, that's really exciting.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's funny too because I consider these three shops to be sort of the trifecta of the Portland metaphysical scene. So mm-hmm. Psychic Sister, which is in um, Alberta, and it's this cool like vintage book, sh- vintage clothing slash bookstore, crystal mm-hmm. store, really mm-hmm. cool. And then New Renaissance Books, which is like two houses that are like bookstores. Oh, okay. And that's I think probably the oldest metaphysical bookstore. In Portland, I think. So oh, it's the okay. most, I won't say well
1: known, but I'll say, um, one of the most popular,
0: uh, I guess, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, you know, I don't really know how to categorize it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a, um, it's known. And then the other one is called Celestial Awakenings and they have, um, stores in Vancouver and Portland. And this is, um, a really, they sell, they focus mostly on um, crystals. Okay. Um, and they, they really do have a, you would love all of their, um, natural formation crystals. You'd love Uh,
1: it there. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for quartzite next year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then, you know what I was thinking? Um, we also, I think I talked about this before. We should. We also need to parlay that into a trip to Tucson, but that's yes. a lot of of cash required. But it's okay. You know. It's okay. We'll make it. Happen. I know, right? I mean, same city or same state? Just another drive.
1: What north? How far yeah. from from Quartzite to Tucson? I have from Quartzite to Tucson. Oh, I don't know. So from here to Tucson, it's six hours. So maybe three hours because it's like halfway there. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So we could. Right. We could do it. We can
0: do it. We're doing it. That's it. We're doing it. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, which is kind of cool, is that I'm also meeting with the owner of an event space, this cute, like, event space that I came across. Um, I'm going to reach out and meet, or I'm going to meet with her tonight to talk you know, just to see what her vision is of events that she would like at the space. Um, you, your work with the Rain Cross and your, all of your meditations and stuff, you've inspired me to get back to doing one of the things that I love most at Yay. my studio when I had it in Lansing, which was guided meditation. So, um, you know, I thought I was going to get back into work classes and workshops, mm-hmm. but um, it, yeah, that that doesn't light me up. And I just decided I don't want to do that. Yeah, well, you know, I want to make these meditations affordable. Mm-hmm. And, um, right now Portland meditations are priced in a way that are not inclusive to everybody. So I think this will be a good way to get in there.
1: That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, it's, it's full circle though, right? Because I, I'm inspired by the work that you did at yours. And so it's just, you know, it all just works in a circle. (laughs) I love it.
0: It was fun. It was fun. I love it. I, I don't miss like I said having the responsibility of a brick and Mm -hmm. mortar but I do miss having a space to go to and be creative and yeah welcome people in and just you know really share share that so hopefully this is something that I can do but um, yeah good things are in store for us my friend awesome
1: yes yes I have the meditation Mondays are starting up today we're recording Monday which this won't air in time but the next one will be April 17th Um, and then I have the full moon ceremony coming up that's April 7th and then I have two other ceremonies planned for May one is going to be a cacao ceremony at Raincross and then the other one will actually be at my home so stay tuned those dates are still to be announced but any if anything comes up we'll be announcing it here and then posting it on our pages and everything so make sure you're following us on Instagram. Excellent. I wish I could go to those. I really do. Well, we'll make one happen when you come down here again. Okay. So I need to tell you, I need to follow up with you on the story I started telling you last week. Okay. So last week I told you about how I was looking for information. It was my dad's birthday. And then I had this inkling to like, just go online and find more, try to look for more information about our like native origins and and the Kashkan natives which is what the the tribe was called um anyway so I and I told you that that I found a book that was written by uh, by a girl right Yes. so and I told you at that time I was going to write her an email to thank her so I I did that because I was, I was very compelled I was like this is amazing like you don't understand what you've done for me <laughs> like as far as like so, you know, to be able to have this information and obviously the amount of work that she put into it, because that was year. I know that was years of her life to do all that research. Um, So I wrote her an email and I in there I had ex- told her, like, you know, um, my dad was named this and these were his parents and his grandparents were named this. And I just wanted to thank you, you know, for for the work that you did and and just kind of, you know, how I found her and all that. And then she writes me back. And she says, nice. I knew your dad. Oh, and shut I was up. Like, well, she did not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm blown away. So then I write her back and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I I'm like, I need to know more. And so I even told her, I'm like, um, and I, I told her, I'm like, if because she also lives here on Riverside, just by the way. So we live in the same city. I So I told her. Did you know that she
0: lived in Riverside before you? No, no, so I didn't So this know. is just a shock to you that you're in the same city?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Um, because okay. we both grew up, we grew up in the same area. Um, we grew up in the same area, but which is kind of normal because for some reason a lot of uh, the people that came from my dad's town, they gravitated to living like in Inglewood or in Lennox in that like south part of LA. Um, so anyway, we and that's pretty normal that's rather common but anyway so I had told so I told her I'm like let's meet for coffee or something I would love to meet for coffee one day if you have time so she responded back to me again and we're third cousins shut up how does this even happen
0: this has been orchestrated <laughs> by your dad I just know it I
1: know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so it turns out were cousins through through my great grandmother's side somewhere it's somewhere there and then she started she's she started to tell me some things about my grandparents she's like i knew of your grandparents because they were some of the last people they were the last people left who knew how to make mezquita males which mezquita males is an authentic kashkan dish so it's a native Kashkandish, and and they were the last ones who knew how to make it. Um, and then on my my great grandmother's side, her last name is was Legaspi, and the Legaspi family, they were somebody in that family was the last person to document the last Kashkan speaking person, mm-hmm. mm. uh, because the language died. the The language is very close to Nahuatl, but it was not exact. It was. Uh, It was intelligible. So if you spoke Nahuatl, you could understand Kashkan, but they weren't the same. Um, And so, yeah, so someone in our in our own family. So she's like, you have a lot of history. And yes, I would love to meet with you. And so that's coming. <laughs>
0: oh my God. That's so cool. And weren't you saying like uh, maybe a couple weeks ago that you didn't have anybody in your family that you could ask about those things because nobody likes, they, they don't yeah. like to talk. They're all mad at each other, not talking to anybody, each other. And you yeah. were like, I just want somebody to be able to share my history and look at this. I'm yes. telling you what your dad, yeah. <laughs> first off, my legs are tangling both of them. So your dad <laughs> is like, okay, let's do this. Yay. Happy, yeah. Happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's his dad. <laughs> yes. I I'm really excited. I am. I'm just. Uh, yeah. So I've been sending this up to my sister, too, and just kind of like keeping her in on the loop, like, guess what? <laughs> and um, it's it's fun. So, yeah, uh, this story is probably going to continue to develop and I'll, I'll keep you posted.
0: Yes, please keep us posted. And um, I don't know why, but I feel like there's a book in there or something or there's some sort of writing or something.
1: Yeah, okay. So here's kind of my long-term plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because her book is obviously written on the natives, right? Right. Like and our the native people and their sacred sites and their history, their origin story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And by by spelling all of that out, she's preserving that. Yep. My my inkling, my intention is to look into our plant medicines and understand the history behind them and document that and hopefully one day write that into a book so that we can preserve that part of our history in that way.
0: Yep. Yes, and as soon as you said plant medicines, I got that sort of ooey-gooey feeling like when the Akashic's open. And so that's Uh, validation that, yeah, you're supposed to do that. You're meant to do this. So uh, there is a book in there. mm -hmm. And I don't think that it's just going to be one book. Um, I think that it's going to lead to a series. So um, that's just what's coming through for me from Akasha.
1: It'll probably be... It'll probably be plant medicines and then food because I love food and I would love to preserve again more like specific parts of of our food and our cuisine and and all of that. So yeah, I can I can see that kind of evolving.
0: Are there any is are there any plant medicines used in food as as herbs and seasonings and stuff like that that you're aware of?
1: Herbs and seasonings or just
0: included in food.
1: Well. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, cactus. I mean, cactus is a great is a great plant medicine and it helps with um, lowering cholesterol and managing diabetes because of the amount of fiber that's in it. It helps to regulate mm-hmm. your blood, your blood sugar levels. So and, and cactus is one of our you know, one one of our medicines. Um, I mean, it's a medicine all throughout Mexico and North America, but yes, um, it's heavily utilized in our culture. Um, And then what I was telling you earlier about the um, tea that you can make to help with your, to help support your kidneys, um, which is horsetail or in Spanish that they call it cola de caballo. That's a cola de caballo horsetail. The horsetail plant is native to The region of Mexico where my dad was from. And so he's, that's one of the medicines that he carried with him.
0: Wouldn't it be fun to do a cooking retreat with, with yes. uh, Yes. Well, um, if I ever meet that damn future chef husband, um, if he ever shows up in my (laughs) life, then, uh, wouldn't that be some crazy fun coincidence? Oh, Hey, we're just going to do a cooking retreat in, um, Central America. And so, um, if you'd want to come come on down
1: be our chef be our chef yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yes. oh yeah that, that that message speaks specifically to the future chef out there um yeah wherever he is <laughs> very cool my friend i'm excited to hear more and hear how this how this all plays out yes me too um a couple of weeks ago i was invited to participate in a round table for um on a podcast. So it was a guest podcast spot on a podcast oh. called mystical and mysteries. And uh-huh. this podcast is, um, the, the love of her name is Olivia Dibert. Um, and she's an intuitive, but the podcast is focused on unsolved mysteries, true crime. So she's like a medical detective. Oh, okay. And many of you will recognize the other people on the round table. It was Milo Kincaid, um, who is a member of the esoterics community, and Eli Stewart, Eli, um, who is also a member member of the esoterics community. And they're both um, psychics and mediums and all that good stuff. Anyway, so they invited me to participate in this fun like roundtable. And the name of the podcast is called, like I think I said that, Mystical and Mysteries. Mm-hmm. But the episode that I guested on is it drops april 12th so i believe that's friday next friday Uh uh-huh and it's titled everything woo woo um astrology numerology crystals and more so i'm gonna share that um her her show art oh cool um on socials but you guys be sure to check it out because um i'm gonna tell you right now um when it comes to, I asked them to look into, remember I've, I've, I've talked about the, um, Brandon, Brandon Mitchner, the case in Lansing, and he actually came to me, um, and asked me to step in to deliver messages. Have I ever, I mean, I've told you about that, right? Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
0: So I haven't really announced that to like the listener world. It's a future podcast, um, from the psychic's point of view, and it, it literally blows me away. It's a cool story. It's a mm-hmm. true crime story, and I'm gonna share it um, with you all this this season. Okay, so just know that's coming. Um, but I asked them to weigh in
1: mm-hmm. on
0: you know, and they don't they don't like names. They don't like anything. They just want pictures. That's it. They just oh. get their their information from a fucking picture girl so i sent them a picture of brandon Mm -hmm. and they collectively the three of them nailed almost all of the details around this case and i was like shut up it nailed it um so i would love to be able to coordinate you know a guest a guest sort of yeah. episode with them coming out and sharing that, which is really cool. But you know how I am about follow through and all that stuff, right? Um, my five is like, well, what if I just, right? I get lazy. Um, so trust me that this is in the works, but um, we'll learn more about Brandon in this case and everything. But this one, at this episode, there wasn't really a true, tri- a true crime Case that they went over, she was like, all I ever do is talk about true crime and all these things. And I just Uh want to talk about the woo because she is she is a psychic, but she doesn't consider herself to be woo woo, which is Uh, really interesting uh, because they're out
1: there. I love like a practical. Yeah, just like a practical psychic, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I don't,
0: like, they're just not into the mystical aspects of it, Um, which, you know, I would, that is very cool because, you know, she is a psychic detective, so she needs to be very, you know, practical and methodical in her approach. Anyway, so I just wanted to put that out there um, and watch the socials and then give her pot a listen. And Mm -hmm. um, for all you true crime junkies, um, this might be a new one um, for you to start listening to. That's me.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I will definitely check that out. Okay, now can we talk about
1: tobacco? Yeah, okay. So first of all, this episode is not sponsored by any tobacco company. Nope. Mm-mm.
0: Smoking kills, smoking <laughs> is bad, all that good stuff. Right?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, I'm not encouraging tobacco use. Mm-mm. I'm just here to talk about the spiritual aspects of tobacco as a plant and tobacco and ritual use. Um, and obviously it's been pilferated and abused and through all the capitalized system but you know we're not we're not here to talk about that I'll touch on it a little bit just kind of how things are out of control but other than that I just kind of wanted to really talk about the history of it because this has kind of come up for me because I'll tell you I'll tell you what what kind of stirred this so me growing up I my dad smoked my dad would smoke and he was really he was really good about it where he would only smoke outside and he would only smoke a courteous um, smoker yeah he was a courteous smoker um I remember he would come home from work and he would smoke a cigarette outside of Mm -hmm. our apartment and then you know put it out and then he'd come in so he never Mm -hmm. smoked like inside our house or anything like that or never like in you know with me in the car or anything like that he wouldn't smoke in the car actually because my my parents both of them are were very are very clean we're very clean my mom's a neat freak so she would never like and my mom Mm -hmm. didn't smoke Um, anyways but I but I grew up in the age of dare right the 90s so I was like dad please stop smoking this is gonna kill you you're gonna have cancer and I don't want you to die please stop smoking so I would tell like I would tell him all the time like you need to stop doing that that is Mm -hmm. that is wrong it's not good for you it's wrong the, judgy little daughter I was the little 90s dare kid you know Mm (laughs) Um, What does Dare stand for? uh, Dare to keep kids off drugs. uh, Uh, Drugs and oh god, let me look it up. Hold on. Drug abuse resistance education. Okay, all right. (laughs) Which it worked. I mean, to an extent. (laughs) To an extent. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, but I was as I was um, as I was researching this information that I just kind of earlier talked about, right, about our culture and all that. I came upon the fact that it is a native practice within our culture to smoke tobacco, but they would just smoke the actual tobacco plant, like the leaves. They would roll it in a corn husk, and that's how they would smoke it. They would smoke tobacco in a corn husk? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So that's the native use of tobacco. And Mm -hmm. so... Once I came to understand that, I'm like, oh, okay. so at some point it's like almost like in our DNA or like in my dad's DNA to maybe like crave tobacco or or use tobacco to an extent. But then obviously because he came here or I'm sure like the the smoking habits started much earlier than that, probably when he was a teenager, but because it was so prevalent and commercialized at that point. That's why people would gravitate towards cigarettes. They're just easy, right? Whatever. You don't have to roll them.
0: Well, okay. And also, you know, um, tobacco that is harvested, you know, um, organically um, and rolled in another type of leaf that is Mm -hmm. harvested and grown organically is way different than the bullshit that comes out of Philip Morris today and all of the it intentionally included addictive chemicals. Yes. In order exactly. to make people continue to smoke. Right. You know. Exactly. Um, I mean, I quit smoking. I don't know, gosh, how many years ago, but um, it was it was like the second or third time that I quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was easiest the last time, but it was still freaking hard, man. You want yeah. cigarettes, and, yeah. and there's nothing like a. So a cigarette with your coffee oh god that's the best one
1: <laughs> see and I it, like I briefly smoked like when I like cigarettes when I was in college and that was because it was so stupid it's so dumb like we're in college mm-hmm. and like everyone's doing it and like you go outside to like the quad and everyone's smoking and they think they look mm-hmm. cool and like it's not cool mm-hmm. like it's not it's just not no. like it and, and uh-uh. you fucking stink after and that was my big problem right. with it like I've always hated the smell. the smell I hate that, yeah. that smell so that's enough for me
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah but yeah you know but I think we all have a, like a little bit of a story it's somewhere along the line or something happens but anyway so that's kind of what like stirred this and got me into like well I want to know more of the ritual use of it and where does it come from and all that okay so this is tobacco is one of it's probably the most well-known of the entheogens of the plant medicines um, that's used in Mexican cultures. So Mexican cultures also had like the their alcoholic Aztec sacrament, which they called pulque. And pulque is still around. It's actually it's a fermented alcoholic beverage and it's made from uh, the fresh sap, in which is known as aguamiel or it's mead, um, uh, but it's made from agave. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Is,
0: yeah. I've had that actually before. I believe I've had like a like it, in a cocktail I, yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, I don't think I, I have. I don't think I've had it just straight up, but I have seen it. I've definitely seen it. So, yeah. So yeah. they make it out of agave. And so they use that and they would also use the ritual tobacco. Uh, the Aztecs knew it as biset, and then the Mayans knew it as cigar, which is where the word cigar comes from.
0: Oh look at that. See, you learn you learn good shit on the esoterics podcast kids. Good shit.
1: <laughs> yeah. So sicar. the cicar. Yeah, so the <sighs> word sicar was used by the Maya for the act of smoking, which was incorporated to their ritual and religious practices. And this has been confirmed by friezes or the wall paintings um that rep- with little smoking characters that are paint it. oh
0: cute yeah. yeah cigars by the way are the worst smelling of all of the uh, oh hey <laughs> i hate the smell of cigars the really disgusting. i don't yeah, mind I don't like it. it i don't mind mm-hmm. it i don't mind no, the no, smell of I, I like pipes i think pipes smell lovely um mm-hmm. and i don't really care for cigarettes um cigarette smoke i don't like it I, one of those reformed smokers like if you if i can smell it i'm mad I'm mm-hmm. like, why am i smelling your <laughs> shitty habit right yeah
1: gross i don't want to, i don't want to do that yeah, yeah. so keep it to yourself Mm -hmm. tobacco is also associated in different cultures with to other psychoactive plants as well because it is used in tandem so in brazil they do use it with ayahuasca and ayahuasca ceremonies the shaman will often smoke a pipe of mapacho which is just their tobacco leaves or um they will give the rape which we'll, we'll get more into detail of that but as an example in mexico they're the chronicles written by bernal diaz de castillo he was one of the people you know documented this shit. so that after a meal aztec king moctezuma would offer his guests cacao and pipes filled with tobacco
0: you better eat after drink cacao after the meal (laughs) because if you drink it before you're not eating
1: Uh, And then in the Amazon, the tobacco plant Nicotiana rustica has accompanied the inhabitants of the America since the dawn of time, some 18,000 years. Wow. That's that. Wow. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah. That's a
0: long freaking time.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's estimated that it's been cultivated and used in different ways for thousands of years, between six to 8,000 years.
0: Oh, well, you know, right. Well, I guess that then that makes sense because how far back you know ancient civilizations go
1: exactly yeah and so pre-hispanic tobacco meaning pre-conquest um, the tobacco was used in in diverse ways with multiple purposes so it was chewed it was pulverized and inhaled smoked macerated um to be or macerated to be drunk for or and even for external use so there's all different ways that they w- they would use it it cool. would also put it in baths they would also do enemas with it oh uh,
0: like <laughs> wait a minute okay explain that process how do they get it in enema form
1: so they would blow it up somebody's ass
0: what <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I who I'm glad I'm not administering that fucking
1: dose. <laughs> I think you would do it to yourself if I'm not if I because <laughs> it was there's actually a history of this if you really want to get deeper into this. I mean, yes, they,
0: why wouldn't we want to get deeper into this?
1: How is
0: how does one blow smoke up one's own ass? Oh, uh, hold on. Is there some curved pipe? <laughs> uh, or orga- weirdly, oddly
1: curved pipe? Okay, so you know the the right, so you know the the term blowing smoke up your ass, right? Yes, okay, so this is because this came from from a literal thing, okay? So one of the earliest documented references of using a tobacco enema was to resuscitate someone using a smoking pipe. And this was in seventeen forty six that this was documented. So, Mm -hmm. in this particular case, the man's wife had nearly drowned and was unconscious. And it was suggested that an emergency tobacco enema might revive her. At which point, the (laughs) husband of the woman took a pipe filled with burning tobacco, shoved the stem (laughs) into his wife's rectum, and then covered the other end of the pipe with his mouth and blew. Fucking so, that's so fucking gross. Okay, did did it work? (laughs) No, of course not. Like, that's why it's (laughs) called... Blowing smoke of someone's ass because doesn't work.
0: Cause- this is my favorite. This is my favorite story ever. <laughs> okay. And honestly, if he had any working knowledge of human anatomy, <laughs> he would have been able to avoid the most unpleasant aspect of shoving the pipe into his <laughs> wife's
1: it, ass. At school. least it was his wife, and at least it was her husband. Like it could have been worse. Oh my God. Okay. So the
0: the moral of the story or the origin is that's the origin of the phrase blowing blowing smoke smoke up up your ass. That's awful, but also fucking phenomenal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So it is used in that way. It was also used to prevent or to treat physical ailments Mainly though, the master curanderos used it in rituals because of its psychoactive effects and that they granted it the category of a sacred plant. Really the Mm. psychoactive effects though are so like now they are so quick and it also depends on your dosage. Yeah. But the point was that this allowed them to mediate in the contact with one world versus the other when they're because shamans or curanderos are working in different worlds. They're working here in the physical world and then they're also in the different realms, which we've mm-hmm. talked about these the three stages and all that in I think it was their ancestral veneration episode.
0: We've actually touched on it in in a lot of
1: different episodes just because of,
0: um, not just for shamans and, you know, kudenderas, but also, you know, energy workers working in like the fifth and sixth dimensions and stuff like that. So, yeah.
1: So, that was the, that was the use of why, that's how they used it. That was the, the point of them using it as the curanderos, um, so in the Amazon though the smoking tobacco has presently just two connotations. So one, it's the farmers normally have the the habit of going to the farm, and they and they use it in that way, um, and that's like it's been a hard day at work, and also it's you know it's the relaxing effects, but also mm-hmm. because the smoke repels insects, which I'm yeah, like nice. I'm. I'm a hundred percent there with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then so there's that and there's a curative use and then the and the ceremonial use. So those those two ways. Yeah, that's beautiful. And then well, uh, the way that it was kind of ruined. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, the practices of tobacco were rooted in the cultures of the America, the the native cultures of the Americas. But then eventually it became disconnected from that ritual use when tobacco arrived in Europe and Asia as an exotic gift. Uh, Tobacco was cultivated in Japan as early as 1605. And then what really kind of messed things up was cigarette consumption increased significantly with the coming of the industrial era. So the first cigarette rolling machine was built in 1843 in France. And then after that, they could manufacture like 3,600 cigarettes per hour. And that removal or ending of the manual preparation of cigarettes, which normally was using corn husks, eventually would disappear. And then this whole industry of ready to smoke cigarettes was now available for consumers, which, you know, opened up the doors for all the other shit we see now. Yeah. So yeah, in this new context, the tobacco plant had lost its medicinal and spiritual role, and then from from then on, you know, it's pretty well known what happened. Like the the commercialization caused all of these harmful effects in our health due to constant cigarette smoking, and then this whole tobacco use became completely profane and recreational, and it just completely lost all rituality, and the sacred plant became a lethal poison. Oh.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, but it makes sense. Like you said, they're they're adding all of those yeah. disgusting, you know, chemicals and stuff. So,
1: yeah, and a lot of it, I'm sure has to do with like trying to preserve the plant because it's still a plant and it can rot. So, you know, that's what happens when you commercialize something to the extent of where you use what its original intention was. So let's talk about the spirit of tobacco because okay. this is kind of how how I use it, how I engage with it. And this is kind of, you have to come to the first, the understanding of what the spirit. So it is believed that a spirit presides over each medicinal plant and it corresponds to its quote unquote spiritual matrix in this, in this world or in the invisible other worlds. So the belief is that this matrix is a live entity. And although we can't, always directly perceive it unless you're like tripping really hard on mushrooms or something <laughs> <laughs> which
0: may or may not be you know the whole point
1: right I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> um but but generally so it, because of this it's endowed its own structure or its own spirit of an energy specific energetic quality yeah yeah So then, what happens is with a person who ingests the tobacco correctly, then can manifest these virtues in these like different levels of 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 your body, of your human self, body, mind, and spirit. Um, Then there's an energetic community between human beings and nature. And so when you're when you're using these plant medicines, you're essentially merging the two; they're coexisting. A certain part plants reach a high degree of familiarity with human beings and that's the case of psychoactive plants right where like they essentially change like the way that you are thinking in that moment or the way that your brain is functioning at that time and some people believe it's because of how um the structures of like our brain and stuff resemble so much to certain plants i'm and i'm talking specifically like mushrooms like if you look at the uh, like a picture of the neural cells of our brain, and you look at the the root structure of a mushroom; they look the same. Oh, that is so cool! I've heard that before too. Yeah, yeah. So it's believed that it's that this intimate relation—that's the material evidence—is why you can see these similarities, and it's believed that these the plant alkaloids coincide with the neurotransmitters of the human brain where they work in tandem with the neurotransmitters of the human brain.
0: That's, that's far out stuff. That's like super esoteric. That's like, but it's really, really cool. And, and you know, what was, weren't you telling us about that movie, but there's also a book, there's like a movie on Netflix about mushrooms that sort of blew your mind. And then there was a book or something.
1: Yes. Yeah. uh, Fantastic fungi. Yep. I remember that specifically. Yeah, that mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. If you haven't yeah. watched it, totally do. And it doesn't just talk about the psychedelic ones because I think the psychedelic ones have their, you know, it, it's one part of it, but there's just a plethora of other medicinal mushrooms that don't do anything in that way of like making you trip or whatever, but are still incredibly healing and are just so beneficial to the human body. So yeah, definitely look at that. Or also delicious yeah absolutely like hmm. um what are the ones we had at our last retreat um no we had them in Idlewild. wild chanterelles oh shiitake shiitake no Chantrelles. the Chantrelles. the Chantrelles. Chicken, of- chicken of the forest oh
0: okay okay yes Yes, the, the shiitakes. Um, shiitakes are they my favorite. You know what mushrooms that I think are overrated are morels, and oh. they're super expensive, and you have to go out and like dig them up like you're a freaking you know um, <laughs> pig and um, or a truffle pig. And no, it, they're 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 very firm. Um, I don't know. I just didn't. I just don't dig them. I don't hate them or anything. I'm not uh-huh. slamming morels because they're they're mushrooms are delicious, but. I was like, eh, I'd rather have a portobello or or a shiitake or whatever. Yeah, uh,
1: I don't think I've ever had more else. I can't say I have. Yeah, or, well, if or, you get an opportunity, just... mm-hmm. try. Yeah, if you get an opportunity,
0: um, c- c- get to cook them, right? Because if you get okay. them in the restaurant, they're they're gonna be absorbed by all the whatever but right butter um, (laughs) if you have the opportunity for raw yep butter and a little bit of garlic olive oil and try them and you'll be like Mm -hmm. maybe you will i don't know i was i was like i've had better (laughs) uh
1: so yeah so this whole understanding of of how plants work with our uh, physiology is just kind of a, a an understanding of how of how these plants work. But this is also in line with the indigenous perceptions that consider tobacco a spirit with three main functions, and that is of oh. mental clarification, strength, mm-hmm. and protection. Oh, I love that. That's good. Uh okay. So we talked about essentially like smoking. I'm not gonna like talk about like how to smoke tobacco. I mean we all know how you people do that. Anyway. Whatever you want. Yeah um just don't don't do the cigarettes we're not here to endorse that anyway so hmm. one of the ways though that indigenous people or curanderos shamans use uh, use tobacco is they do uh, it's called a soplada which is a blow um and this is um a more common but it's a very simple therapeutic act and what it's what is happening in this instance is that the curandero takes in the tobacco and then they exhale out the smoke onto the patient's body over the affected parts or the areas of energetic concentration, such as like the crown of the head or the tips of the fingers and the toes, the back of the chest. And the idea is that the tobacco smoke is charged with the curanderos energy because Mm -hmm. in Mesoamerican belief systems, it's that your sacred essence energy, your tonali can be passed through the breath. So hmm. it's charged with their energy and then this this acts as an extension of their energetic body enveloping the patient's energetic body. Very interesting. So when you're doing this, yeah, it's it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So as you're doing this, you're fusing with the energetic aura of the patient and the the curandero transmits their energetic stability. And inversely, the energetic body of the curandero absorbs the energetic disturbances of the patient, and then they can also release them again through that breath. Um, Sometimes, though, the curandero will regulate this, this energy transfer by burping and sometimes vomiting oh all right wait that doesn't sound fun they're they're burping but not on the patient or no no no
0: it's just a way of releasing you know what i've heard that about um yawning um yawning is a way of for to release energy burping is a way to so i've heard that before um and there's another yeah too but anyway yeah yawning for sure i Uh, mean
1: (laughs) bowel movements (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> laughing <laughs> laughing is probably the you know right the and nicest not one <laughs> at the same time as you're having a bowel movement no <laughs> no no <laughs> um, okay so now let's talk about okay. in the amazon jungle so with them um, they actually uh, will take tobacco and finally pulverize it so that it can be inhaled or blown by the user and okay. so uh, or you, it can be done by a third person blowing in again mm-hmm. to somebody's nostrils so the way that this is done and so this is where we talk where we talk about rape so rape is this pulverized tree tobacco and rape is the Spanish word for it and it is spelled like rape but it just has mm-hmm. the e accent at the end You can also word use the word hape and hape is Portuguese. They yeah. both mean the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, well, it's, it's mm-hmm. not the word's fault, you know? <laughs> so, we I just know, it. right. <laughs> you just got to make sure right. we have the accent you in know. there. Yeah. This is administered using one of two different tools. When you're doing self-administration, you can use a curipe, which is a small, like a V-shaped pipe. And so you, once one side inserts into your nostril And then the other side on in your mouth so that you can blow Uh, and then there's the tepi the tepi is it just basically looks like a really long pipe but again so one side goes into the person that's having it administered and then there's a person who's blowing so that's again like a a two-person use tool and what is believed that happens is that during this process it's stimulating the brain directly since the olfactory nerve Is practically a protuberance of this organ. So, depending on the dose, after a few seconds or minutes, thoughts become clear and eventually a visionary stage is generated. So, this violent awakening can also be followed by deep concentration and also mental clarity, calmness. Um, So, this is really good. This is why it's so commonly used during ayahuasca sessions because sometimes with ayahuasca, there's like it's overwhelming there's so many thoughts it's it's hard to make sense of what's going on so that's why the that's why the hape is administered in that time because it helps to offer some grounding and a lot of times it does help to induce a little bit of a purge mm-hmm. or a lot of a purge it just kind of depends on what stage you are in your ayahuasca journey and so and all that is essentially is just releasing the energies yeah. And then in certain ethnic groups in the Brazilian jungle use a lighter version of their hape as a modality, as a welcome rite, which yeah. that seems nice. So for themselves, though, shamans will use hape to realign with their energy channels and with their higher self, and it helps to intensify their connection with the world and the universe. And in addition, HAPE paves the way to detoxify the body and cleans out all the excessive mucus toxins and bacteria that could be sitting in like your nasal cavity in your throat. Well, listen, it it does that for sure. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. it, it,
0: it lit my whole nose and everything else up. I was like, what? It was like, I felt like it's on fire. Now that was my experience, right? I was a first time user. And I think I took like a, um, you know, like a, um, I took a hit that I sh- that I had no business taking as a rookie <laughs> is basically what I was saying. Um so basically it's used to cleanse, to clear,
1: to all that stuff, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Well yes. that's what it does. Uh-huh. <laughs> it sure as
0: hell did that.
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. And so the way that I would recommend if you'd like to incorporate this into your meditation or prayer practice you can you know purchase this for yourself there are sources we'll link our sources in the show notes but um for me i found that hape really helps with releasing yeah so releasing emotional physical spiritual illnesses all that stuff it helps to ease negativity confusion and just really really grounds you and especially just grounds your mind yeah so that's why I'm going to be using it during my next full moon ceremony. This is something that I'm going to, we're using it as a tool to help us release. Cause that's right. The whole point of yep. a full moon a full is month. to allow for release. Um, yep.
0: And you will also be giving people the option of uh, administering it to them during the retreat, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I will also have it there as well because whenever you're using it with other plant medicines so ayahuasca is one right that's obviously commonly used but even with mushrooms i feel like sometimes mushrooms for me personally like i i get a little nauseous mm-hmm. and as soon as hmm. i take some grape, it just helps to release that and just, it goes you. away yeah 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 that's, um, that's interesting so one of the sources that I am going to list is 4visions Market. And that's where I personally buy mine from. And the reason why I like them is one, I've tried I've tried a few several kinds. Like I, I see it's sold on Etsy, but honestly, like I don't trust where it's coming from. Like I don't know where where is it sourced from? Is it somebody's backyard? Like who made this? So I, I it's important for me to know, especially with something like this, because it is, it's a sacred plant. It's it's a sacred tool and I'm putting it in my body. I don't just want to get it from anywhere. But specifically with them, with Four Visions, they work directly with the tribes of the Amazon. So you know exactly what tribe made your rapé. Yep. So it says it, it will say it right on the bottle and then 50% of their sales go directly back into the tribe. Nice. So, okay you're helping to continue their work and and so i really like their their mission statement and how they've organized everything so that they work in tandem with the actual practitioners the the shamans from from the amazon and so what's cool too is cuz they have like i i'm on their facebook group as well and they will occasionally have actual zoom calls with the shamans so you can you can sit there with them and they'll talk about the medicine and and share things with you so it's it's really nice that's really cool that's really cool so they just they just where are they where are the shamans are they
0: i mean i know there's modern shamans and stuff so are they modern shamans are they no there
1: are no they're in brazil no no no. no. they're in brazil in the amazon yes so how are they
0: um i would just be really fascinated to see how this is done you know that sort of thing
1: yeah Yeah, They even have like online courses and stuff that are taught by the shamans as well. It's all translated. They just speak, they're speaking Portuguese or Quechua it depends and then they'll have a translator on. So very cool. I love that. I want to see that sometime. So that's all I had on tobacco today.
0: Thank you. That was really super interesting. Uh, The history, the origins, the favorite origin story ever. Um, (laughs) <laughs> about the, the origin of blowing the term blowing smoke up one's ass. That's legitimately uh, my favorite moment so far. <laughs> but it was nestled in all of this really cool um, knowledge. So I love it when you share your your um, cultural histories. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Um, okay, before we leave I or wrap it up, I really want to talk about April's energy. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, first, I want to preface this very quickly by saying that I don't write um astro forecast yeah like i i mean i i write the energy forecast but i don't i don't say oh we're going to have you know um venus enters gemini at this point like i don't know how to tell that i yeah. i'm not interested in that but what i am interested in is the energy that it produces and that's what i yes. talk about right so i typically okay. have a bunch of astrologers that i cross reference and then put put all their make notes and then put it all together in a forecast all right so Go on my website, um, com. under the page Tools for the Modern Mystic. If it's not there, it's going to be on my blog, um, which is under the Tools for the Modern Mystic. And then you'll see the April forecast, the April energy forecast. Um, so, and I talk about the full moon in Libra, which happens in two days. Um, Firalise uh-huh. said she could already feel the energy of that.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: 100%. Okay. Um, April 10th, Venus enters Gemini. Um, April 19th, there's a new moon total solar eclipse in Aries. And mm. then in April 21st, um, Mercury goes retrograde in Taurus. Okay. Um, now, as a result of all those things, some really... Um, good shit's happening this month and I'd said this before that um, in a previous post that most astrologers they were super hyped about March "Eh, March is going to be awesome and amazing and March was cool Mm -hmm. but April held way more interest for me because of the energy of April Um, and so you know I know that if you look at it closely If you look at all of the April forecasts that are out there and look at them closely and really see how they're going to impact you, it's going to give you a glimpse of where your life is headed over the course of the next several years. That's why April is so cool. All right. So we start the month with Mercury entering Taurus, and this is a really good time to slow down. Um, You're going to see once you do that meditation, uh, let's just start with meditation. Um, You know that you you need to be more intentional and deliberate about the foundations that you're creating in your life. Remember Taurus, Taurus is all about comfort and stability and you know, no risk taking or anything. Um, It's going to bring up the fact that you need to make some changes too, if it hasn't already, which I think March probably did. So make them make those changes. Just start. Then we have that Libra full moon. Um, your girl, your is is Libra and I am a Libra rising. So we have lots of Libra yes. energy. I'm um, here. Um, it's going to be a very healing and profoundly healing. Now, whether that's because you're feeling great about it or because it's bringing shit up that needs to be brought to the surface to heal. That just depends on mm-hmm. your chart
1: specifically. So should we be looking out? where aries is or where libra is in our chart or both. So, I would
0: both because it's this this full moon, it's opposite Chiron that's your healing um and Jupiter in Aries. So, yeah, you're going to want to look at all mm-hmm. of those things. Um and that's why it's profoundly healing cuz Chiron's in there like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" <laughs> which nobody ever I'm wants. Home, Stay home, Chiron. <laughs> I don't want your bullshit right now. <laughs> um so basically It's going to the most important focus, I think, is going to be on relationships in our lives, the relationships and the people that are closest to us. It can feel a little bit intense, but as long as you're committed to growth and putting the work into that relationship, um, it's going to feel really, really good. And it's going to, again, give you a stronger foundation for going forward. Um, The moon is opposite Chiron in this. And remember, I don't I can't look at this map and go, oh, the moon is opposite in Chiron. I'm I'm just I'm reporting the facts, ma'am.
1: Yes. yes. Uh, All
0: right. So there's lots about the Libra full moon. So again, check out the forecast. I then Mm -hmm. talk about Venus and Gemini. Now, here's why at first I was like, I'm not going to talk about Venus and Gemini. I'm going to leave it to the astrologers. Um, But this is going to feel like some roadblock energy. um, But then it's going to open up and then we're going to start getting into the energy of my two favorite things, love and money. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm down for that. So that Venus and Saturn is going to maybe make you feel isolated, lonely, or some stalled and stuckness in a mm-hmm. restriction in, around money in some way. So um, if you're feeling like the th- that thing you have your heart set on that you can't move forward, don't fall for it. Don't fall for any of it. Stay as positive as possible. Meditate, pull cards, call in your spiritual team, all of that, because that's going to change as soon as this energy moves through. Okay, Mm. Um, and remember, and this is me, um, our astrology provides the specific life circumstances, details, emotions and triggers, all that shit to help us grow and master our soul blueprint. Okay. So honestly, if you can just remember that and sit in that truth, that everything that's going on around you is to help you align and master your soul blueprint, really ground in that it can help tremendously when reducing any, um, feelings of personal suffering, right? Like why is the universe fucking with me? Why is the universe keeping me from the thing? Why dost thou forsake me type of, you know, energy? Um, that's a little bit more Tole than uh, I like to get, you know, (laughs) Um, but I wanted to break it yeah. down. <laughs> totally. Nobody wants your deep shit, Tole. Just no. tell us what it is. All right. Relax. Now, real quickly, um, back to the Venus Saturn fuckery. Um, um, mm-hmm. they're important their their um involvement is about the long haul. So just know you're gonna have to put in the work, but it's it's transformative and it's healing and then all that stuff. There's other stuff around mm-hmm. fun and money. Um, so read the read the forecast. Um, the new moon, um, mid month is going to bring, it comes in a total solar eclipse in Aries, which flips the script, right? So then Libra, Libra shit's going to come up. Um, but Aries, this is a good one because I I like eclipses and moons. I don't have a problem with them, but I know some people do, um, or eclipse moons. Um, but the Aries is about new beginnings and Aries is going to give you a taste of what's coming for the rest of the year. So this is a good one, depending on what your chart supports. Right. Or depending on the work that you've done, if you've been doing the work for the last six months, you're going to feel like, yeah, man. Um, When I was writing this, I was like, man, fuck this full moon or fuck this new moon. Right. But then I was (laughs) like, wait, actually, um, you know, it's about internal struggles with your own personal powers, that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Oh, hard conversations. That's, that's why I was getting anxiety. They're going to have to be had. You get, you're going to have to have them. Okay. Um, so, but, um, they really are going to be very healing. Um, and then, um, at the end of the month, um, um, we have, uh, mercury going retrograde. And, um, all of the stuff that that brings, but you know what I mean? Um, I think that's really cool though, because a lot of people have pointed out that that's where we could receive some unexpected news. Um, you know, we're going to have to dig deep a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, um, it's going to pay off Mercury in Taurus it's retrograde in Taurus. It sort of gives us the space to slow down, right? Cause Taurus is like, don't rush me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> um, just be patient and know that it's in the works and it's all going to come in divine timing. So that's really what's happening is Mercury in, in retrograde in Taurus is bringing in the need to sort of center and ground in that divine timing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, um, after that, yeah, um, the other cool thing about mer- mer- is that Mercury after I believe after it goes, um, I don't know if it's retrograde or not, but I know that it's conjunct with Uranus and that actually is going to bring in spiritual downloads, you know, brilliant ideas and thoughts and all that stuff. So if you haven't listened to episode 80 of our podcast about spiritual downloads, mm-hmm. listen to that before the end of the month and it will help you when that come, when those start coming in. Yeah.
1: It's uh, April twenty first through May fourteenth is the next Mercury retrograde. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so then and then by the end of April, things shift and change, and we
0: move into May. So um, again, that forecast is found on my blog and my website, and I'm pretty sure I linked it in both mm-hmm. of my groups or the the community, our community, but then also my my business page. Um, I'm yes. pretty sure it's linked there. But take a minute and read it because it's super helpful. Absolutely.
1: That's all. That's all I wanted to touch on. Well, friends, that means it's time to say goodbye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with a friend or on the socials. As always, you can find us on all the socials (laughs) under Esoterics Podcast and catch us on Facebook hanging out in the Esoterics Podcast community. And you'll find that under Facebook groups. This is a safe place to ask questions on all things spiritual and everyday happenings, as well as start a conversation, post a fun meme, and engage in your spiritual practices.
0: Thank you for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do. Nobody. (laughs) Bye, guys.